Chapter Seven of Grace Harlowe's Sophomore Year at High School. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Christine Blashford. Grace Harlowe's Sophomore Year at High School by Jessie Graham Flower. Chapter Seven: Gathering Clouds. A sprained ankle is not so serious, declared Grace from her nest among the sofa cushions. It was the Monday after the game. Her various sympathetic classmates were seated about the Harlow's comfortable living room. A wood fire crackled cheerfully in the big open fireplace, while a large plate of chocolate fudge circulated from one lap to another. "'Jessica, will you pour the chocolate?' continued Grace to her friend, who rose at once to comply with her request. "'Anne, will you help serve, please?' Anne accordingly drew about the room a little table on wheels, containing on its several shelves plates containing sandwiches, cookies, and cakes. "'Trust to the Harlows to have lots of good things to eat,' exclaimed Marion Barber. "'It must be fun to be laid up, Grace, if you can give a party every afternoon.' "'I must entertain my friends when they are kind enough to come and see me,' answered Grace. "'But some people think sandwiches poor provender, unless they are the fancy kind, with olives and nuts in them.' Miriam, for instance, would never serve such plain fare to her company as cream cheese sandwiches. "'Here comes Miriam up the walk now,' cried Jessica. "'She looks as though she had something on her mind.' Presently the door opened and Miriam was ushered in. Grace wondered a little at her call, considering the unfriendly spirit Miriam had recently exhibited toward her. She greeted Miriam cordially. The laws of hospitality were sacred in the Harlowe family, and not for worlds would Grace have shown anything but the kindest feeling toward a guest under her own roof. Miriam accepted the chair and the cup of chocolate tendered her, ignoring the plate of cakes offered by Anne. She looked about her like a marksman taking aim before he fires. There was a danger signal in either eye. "'She is out for slaughter,' thought Nora. "'Well, Miriam, what's the news?' said Marian Barber good-naturedly. "'You have a mysterious, newsy look in your eye. Is it good, bad, or indifferent?' "'How did you guess that I had news?' inquired Miriam. Then, without waiting for an answer, she went on, "'I certainly have, and very unpleasant news at that.' "'Out with it,' said Nora, "'and don't keep us in suspense.' "'Well,' said Miriam, "'I suppose you all noticed how the juniors outwitted us at every point last Saturday. We put up a hard fight, too. The reason of it was that they knew every one of our signals.' "'How dreadful! How did they get their information? Who told you so?' were the exclamations that rose from the assembled girls. Grace had raised herself to a sitting position and was steadily regarding Miriam, who, well aware of that keen, searching gaze, deliberately continued— what makes the matter so much worse is the fact that we were betrayed by a member of our own class. "'Oh, Miriam, you don't mean that,' said Jessica. "'I am sorry to say that it is true,' replied Miriam, "'and I am going to put the matter before the class.' "'Tell us who it is, Miriam,' cried the girls. "'We'll fix her.' "'Miriam,' said Grace, in a tone of quiet command that made every girl look toward her, "'you are to mention no names while in my house.' Miriam's face flamed. Before she could reply, however, Grace went on— "'Girls, you must realise the position in which Miriam's remarks place me. "'She is sure that she knows who betrayed our signals and is willing to name the person. "'Suppose she names some girl present. "'Think of the feelings of that girl, my guest, yet not safe from accusation while here. "'I should prove a poor sort of hostess if I allowed the honour of any of my friends to suffer while in my house. "'The place to discuss these things is in school. "'There every girl stands on an equal footing and can refute any charges made against her.' I wish to say that I have a communication to make which may put a different face on the whole matter. I know something of the story of those signals. When I go back to school, I shall call the meeting of the basketball team and its subs and tell them what I know about it, but not until then. Furthermore, it is not strictly a class matter as it pertains to the basketball players alone. Therefore, anyone outside the team has no right to interfere. 
please don't think me disagreeable it is because i am trying to avoid unpleasant consequences that i am firm about having no names mentioned here there was an absolute silence in the room the girls had a deep regard for grace on account of her frank open nature and love of fair play but miriam had her own particular friends who had respect for her on account of her being a nesbit she had a faculty of obtaining her own way too that seemed to them little short of marvellous and she spent more money than any other girl in oakdale high school it was therefore difficult to choose between the two factions nora broke the embarrassing pause "'Grace is right, as usual,' she said, "'and none of you girls should feel offended. "'What's the use of wasting the whole afternoon quarrelling over an old basketball game? "'Do talk about something pleasant. "'The sophomore ball, for instance. "'Do you girls realise that we ought to be making some plans for it? "'It's the annual class dance and should be welcomed with enthusiasm. "'We've all been so crazy over basketball that we've neglected to think about our class responsibilities. "'We ought to try to make it a greater success than any other dance ever given by a sophomore class. "'We must call a meeting very soon, not to fight over basketball, but to make arrangements for our dance.' "'Nora's reminder of the coming ball was a stroke of diplomacy on her part. "'What schoolgirl does not grow enthusiastic over a class dance?' A buzz of conversation immediately arose as to gowns, decorations, refreshments, and the thousand and one things all important to a festivity of that kind. Miriam, seeing that it was useless to try to raise any further disturbance, cut her call short, taking with her several girls who were her staunch upholders. Those who remained did not seem sorry at her departure, and Grace drew a breath of relief as the door closed upon the willful girl. She had at least saved Anne from a cruel attack, but how much longer she could do so was a question. Miriam would undoubtedly bring up the subject at the first-class meeting, and Grace was not so sure now that the girls would be willing to overlook the loss of the signals when she told them of it. "'I shall be loyal to Anne, no matter what it costs me,' she decided. "'She has done nothing wrong, and Miriam will find that she cannot trample upon either of us with impunity. "'As for Jessica and Nora, I know they will agree with me.' Under cover of conversation, Grace whispered to Jessica that she wished her to remain after the others had gone, and to ask Nora and Anne to do the same. When the last of the callers had said good-bye, and the four chums had the room to themselves, Grace told Nora and Jessica about Anne's mishap, and how utterly innocent of blame she was.' "'Do you mean to tell me that Miriam meant Anne when she said she could name the girl?' demanded Nora. "'She did indeed,' replied Anne, "'and if it had not been for Grace she would have made things very unpleasant for me.' "'Humph!' ejaculated the fiery Nora. "'Then all I have to say is that I don't see how a nice boy like David ever happened to have a horrid, hateful, scheming sister like Miriam. Stand up for Anne? Well, I rather think so. Let Miriam dare to say anything like that to me.' "'Or me,' said Jessica. "'I knew you girls would feel the same as I do,' said Grace.' Anne has some true friends, thank goodness. You see, Miriam is basing all her suppositions on the fact that Anne was allowed to come to practice. She doesn't know anything about the loss of the signals. You remember she objected to Anne seeing the practice game. Now she will try to show that she was right in doing so. Let her try it, said Jessica. She'll be sorry. I am not so sure of that, said Anne quietly. You know that Miriam has plenty of influence with certain girls, while I am only a stranger about whom no one cares except yourselves and the boys and Mrs. Gray. "'You are the brightest girl in school just the same,' said Nora, "'and that counts for a whole lot. "'Miss Thompson likes you too, and our crowd is not to be despised.' "'You are the dearest people in the world,' responded Anne gratefully. "'Please don't think that I am unappreciative. "'You have done far too much for me, "'and I don't want you to get into trouble on my account. "'As long as you girls care for me, I don't mind what the others think.' "'Don't say that, Anne,' said Jessica. "'You don't know how mean some of those girls can be. "'Don't you remember the junior that was cut by her class last year?' Of course she did something for which she deserved to be cut, but the girls made her life miserable. The story went through every class, and she got the cold shoulder all round. She's not here this year. Her father sent her away to school, she was so unhappy. 
"'You remember her, don't you?' "'Turning to Grace and Nora.' "'Both girls nodded. "'The story of the unfortunate junior loomed up before them. "'Every girl in high school knew it. "'We can only hope that history will not repeat itself,' said Grace thoughtfully. "'Of course, I don't mean that there is any similarity between the two cases. "'That girl last year was untruthful and extremely dishonourable. "'It is perfectly ridiculous to think of placing the blame for those signals upon Anne. "'If the girls are silly enough to listen to Miriam's insinuations, "'then they must choose between Miriam and me. "'Anne is my dear friend, and I shall stick to her until the end.'" End of chapter 7